Dolly included, felt someone among them was keeping evil secrets. The murders were often mulled over, but Dolly felt too troubled to join in with the morbid speculation. Leaving the cosy, comfortable sitting room for the hall, she now pulled her beloved floppy crocheted sun hat over her naturally curly hair, which glowed as bright as polished copper, but was now prettily stranded through with silver. The copper freckles on her face and arms were beginning to fade, but rather than being worried about the signs of ageing, Dory was rather fascinated by them. The light wrinkles at the corners of her eyes and her mouth showed that she smiled a lot, was optimistic and caring. She was proud that her once fine hands were slightly roughened by all the years of digging for victory. Dory was wearing a pleated blouse and tweed skirt of twenty years' service, but she'd been happy to make do and mend long before the war had started, and the two years of even tighter post-war rationing was not a particular bother to her. From the long row of coat hooks, she fetched the lead of lovable, mixed-breed Corky, who had a mainly short black coat, long, thick body, and squat legs. Corky was more than a pet to Dory. She had come across him as a puppy, lying on top of Piers's grave just after his burial. Piers had been killed while answering the call, in his own little boat, to help with the evacuation of the retreating British troops at Dunkirk. He had been laid to rest next to his and Dory's only child, Veronica, lost to them suddenly in infancy from croup. Strangely, the villagers, who usually knew each other's business, had no idea where the puppy had come from. The friendly little scuff had crawled up to Dory and dropped its tiny, dirty head on Dory's foot, and heartbroken Dory, believing Piers had sent the puppy to ease her loneliness, had immediately fallen in love with him. Corky had needed her, too. He was deaf and virtually blind, with a slightly lame hind leg, and there had been little hope of him getting a home elsewhere. "'You're coming home with me, little fellow. I've got an evacuee brother and sister.' who will be delighted to have a little playmate. Oh, fast there, door. Fetch me my Panama, old girl. I'll start off with you. It's the meeting at the old plough, remember? Johnny and Margaret Westlake are putting their snug at the disposal of interested parties in forming a committee to get the building of a village hall up and running. It's time Nanvisco had one. Greg's mellow, slightly drawling voice was fired up with a new passion in his heart. As you know, I've spoken to Jack Newton, and he's willing to donate a parcel of land where it verges onto the main road of the village. We need a playing field for the kiddies, and a building for the gardening club and the like to meet. You women of the WVS did sterling work in that little hut next to the general's stores, and in each other's houses for the war effort. But with a proper hall, you could start up a women's institute. It would have been just the ticket for the VE celebrations— It'd get lonely people out of their houses. Mrs. Sanders will probably be happy to donate a good sum of money towards a fund. She's always very generous in every way. Greg smoothed the ends of his neat David Niven moustache. The villagers can build the hall themselves. I'm sure the Vercos can be counted on for manual labour, along with Charlie Laurie when he's not too busy at the orchards. Hector Evans is eager to pitch in and is willing to be treasurer. He's got a good head for figures. Mrs. Mitchellmore 
the battle-axe self-styled lady of the manor, will be bound to show up today. Nothing happens in the village without her staunch involvement. Well, more or less her say-so. I don't care what the opposition says. They're not important. Still spry and lean, with a habitual twinkling expression, he was making mock sword-thrusting movements, fighting off the unseen opposition, when Dory returned to the sitting-room. Music sheets on top of a piano were sent scattering to the floor. Greg, do mind the vase of lilac blossom? Dory was often required to take the part of the sensible one in their joint home. But she loved her brother's lasting touch of boyishness, and it was always the best fun. The vicar and the Newtons from the stores and the main opponents to the idea. The Reverend Lytton wants a new church hall. You'd never think Soames Newton is a second cousin to Jack. Then there's the question of Mr Evans. He's an eminently pleasant Welshman.